Welcome to Still Dad from Chipperish Media. I'm researcher and angel, baby, Muppet, pumpkin, Dr. Kelly Jones. <laughs> and I'm story expert and girl in the dark corner with the blood habit and the 200 years of psychic baggage, Lonnie Diane Rich. And we're here today to talk about Angel, season five, episodes 13 and 14, Why We Fight, which is a skippable skipper, and oh, Smile yes. Time, which is a watcher, <laughs> and a Muppet. And a Muppet. I've been working on this great new song about the difference between analogy and metaphor, so let's raise the stakes. In Why We Fight, a vampire named Lawson, whom Angel sired while on a secret mission during World War II, returns to get answers from Angel. He takes Fred, Gunn, and Wesley hostage to torment Angel. In 1943, because flashbacks, because of course, we see that Angel was pressed into service by a new governmental agency, the Demon Research Initiative. Yeah, that's the initiative. I'm hitting that hard for a reason. Initiative (laughs) to recover a captured German sub with American soldiers still on board. But it looks like the Nazis had a similar idea. They have three vampires, one of which is Spike. Because of course. (laughs) It's a small vamp world, y'all. When Lawson, a good man and the only person who can fix the boat, is mortally wounded, Angel sires him into a vamp form so he can save the rest of the crew. But then Lawson wants to eat the rest of the crew. Angel forces him and Spike off the sub and into the ocean where they will have to swim to the beach before sunrise. In the now, Lawson is angry and bitter because he can't feel anything. An idea belied by the fact that he feels angry and bitter and he wants answers. Did Angel having a soul when he sired him do something weird to Lawson to make him the world's saddest vampire? The answer is, uh Angel and Lawson fight. Angel kills Lawson. Fred, Gunn, and Wesley are freed. And when Spike wants to know what Lawson wanted, Angel says, a reason. So, okay. Why We Fight aired on February 11th, 2004. It was directed by Terrence O'Hara and written by Drew Goddard and Stephen S. Knight. All right, Dr. Jones, here we are looking at, um, oh God, what is it called again? Why We Fight? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The thing is, it's such it's such an excellent title for an episode I of Angel. Know. When you think about the philosophy of Angel and the whole thing behind why we fight, and this has nothing to do with anything and nobody cares, but on your perfect happiness scale of stake this at zero and lost your soul at six, where are you with why we fight? I gave this a two. And and mm-hmm. if you had said to me, okay, Kelly, there's going to be an episode where Angel <laughs> is trapped on a Nazi submarine during a war and he's going to have to make this super horrible, painful decision, I'd be like, cool. And then you'd say, and the next episode, Angel gets turned into a Muppet. And I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and actually, you know, the Muppet wins. Um Yes. This is so bad. Like, there was such great potential here to explore what happens to a vampire sired by a vampire with a soul. But instead, we explore what happens when vampires are trapped on a submarine full of humans. Because why? Like, (laughs) so we, we fight... Why? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um and, and just the freaking coincidence of both Spike and Angel being on that sub, like of yeah. all the gin joints and all the oceans and all, and the, all world. the world, you had to slide <laughs> into mine. Like, come on, man. Just come on. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 really really pretty bad. Um, I gave it a two. Is it necessarily a truly terrible episode? I don't know. I'm too bored. Really, it's a meh. You know, it's like okay, it's not terrible. Like it's not actively bad, but it's also just not interesting. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the meh episodes that are almost worse than the outright bad ones because at least the bad ones are interesting. Like this one. Well, the question of what happens when a vampire with a soul sires another vampire is an interesting question. If we answer it, <laughs> there's we don't do anything with it. Like, do we know that he doesn't have a soul? Maybe he has a little bit of a soul. He's depressed vampire, you know, but Lawson can't have a soul because Shanshu. So instead, we play this vague line of eh. Maybe it's different with nothing solidly stated or making sense. And when you title an episode, Why We Fight in Angel, right? that needs to be an episode that talks about, I don't know, why we fight. <laughs> Purpose, mission, something. Yes, all of that. And yet it is, it is honestly... It is such a boring episode, and every time I come to it, every time I'm like, wait, which episode is this? Me too. Why I'm We like, Fight's going to be something good. Why yeah. We Fight? Oh, this should be, is this the one about no? Wait, is this the yeah. one about, is this the one where all that yeah. matters is what we do? No. Oh, it's the fucking submarine. Like <laughs> It's the submarine. It's so dumb, and I absolutely hate it, but I do have some moments of perfect happiness. Okay. Um, I mean, there's Spike, mm -hmm. right? Or adequate happiness, I guess, in an episode like this. That's what you get is adequate happiness. Um, so I know I always like Spike, and this isn't even really great Spike, but in an episode with so few bright points, you know, this is what I'm pulling out. And I hate the cheap coincidence of Spike showing up in the middle of the ocean not looking for Angel. If he was looking for Angel, then okay, fine. But no, anyway, it's just, it's so bad. Um, I, I, you know, Spike is still kind of fun, though. I mean, I do kind of like it when he sets himself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I like this moment between the two of them where Angel says, I'm not getting trapped at the bottom of the sea. And Spike says, and I'm not getting experimented on by this government. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Oops. Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. you will. Well, and uh, what, both of you will do that. Mm -hmm. What killed me about that was it took, I don't know, I had to hear the word initiative like five times in this episode. And then I went, oh, wait, wait, that's, <laughs> that's the initiative. Like that's the initiative, the initiative. from yeah. Buffy season four. And then I got so tickled. I mean, I was busting out laughing because I was like, Spike got captured by the initiative twice, twice, twice. I know, I know. <laughs> twice and also it was yeah. great seeing him as a brunette like that was just really cute uh, yeah i don't i don't care for him as a brunette like <laughs> um <laughs> it just doesn't work for me as but like the blonde is so indicative of spike and who he is and like i get it people go through different phases mm -hmm. you know through different fashion phases and he shouldn't look like you know billy idol spike but yet at the same time i, I was disappointed <laughs> um but also like okay so angel is on this you know this submarine with vampires and why doesn't he just kill them you know oh, why yeah. doesn't he want to kill spike or the prince of lies the only one he needs is the Nazi soldier who has actual knowledge of what's going on. Neither one of those guys is going to help him raise the boat. And I understand Spike has more plot armor than any <laughs> fictional character in the history of fictional characters. Um, but at the same time, like I don't feel like there was a reason 
not to kill them. No, I put that in my research mode because not only does he not kill Spike, he doesn't kill Lawson. Yeah. Who obviously yeah. Is, is like ready to chomp on people. He just kicks yeah. them both off the boat and is like, no, good luck swimming. He does that sometimes. He's like, as long as you're not in my town. But like, right? they're going to kill somebody in another town. Like, they're, that's what they're going to do, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's It's just ridiculous. I don't. I don't understand it, but, you know, whatever. At this point, I don't care. Um, there's also another line from Spike that I liked, which is, don't ever go to a free virgin blood party. Turns out it's probably a trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't, I don't know. I, and I've watched this episode and I still am like, what's going on? Why does this matter? What is the deal? Uh, nothing. You know, there's nothing. So one of the things that I did like, though, is Hodge, that young mm-hmm. kid who's like, he's like Steve Rogers or Captain America. And then the other guy goes, Steve Rogers is Captain America, you eight ball. <laughs> yeah. And there's something about Hodge. I got to say, like, Hodge, out of everybody in this episode, including Angel and Spike, Hodge was the one I was most interested in. This poor kid who's on this submarine in the middle of this war, you know, and he is just a kid. Yeah. Um, and so, like, his vulnerability there was so clear and so wonderfully expressed. And, like, I was actually interested in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not anybody else. But him, um, you know, and, and I liked the fact that Eve wasn't there. Eve has yeah. vanished. And I was like, can I can I put it in my moments of perfect happiness that there was an absence of something that of I hate? You can. So at least there was that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, not a whole lot to love. Yeah. I, I think I had a couple of other small things like mm-hmm. I did like, I mean, Angel trapped on a submarine, knowing that he gets later trapped in a coffin yeah. at the bottom of the ocean. Well, you know, mm-hmm. when he says, I'm not getting trapped at the bottom of the sea, and I never mm-hmm. liked the ocean. And I was like, oh, honey. Oh, like, God. oh. No. And we see, you know, Gunn starting to lose his train of thought a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was one exchange between Lawson and Angel that I really liked when Lawson walked into his office. And he said, aren't you going to ask me how I got in here? And Angel said, no, nah, you'd be amazed how many people break in here on a regular basis. Like, <laughs> that was uh, funny. Uh, uh, yeah, a little textual self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. Every now and again, that'll get into uh, into the scripts. Um, so on staking, of course, and I know people are going to yell at me for this. I don't care. I don't like flashbacks and I reserve <laughs> the right not to like flashbacks. So if you like flashbacks, then go ahead and love them. It's fine. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. They don't contribute to anything in the present day story. At least when they had Darla and Drusilla they were somewhat relevant to the current story that was happening and you know it was okay I still didn't care for them they don't move the current narrative forward but at least they were interesting there was something being illuminated there this is nothing this is about nothing um you know also completely stakeable are these two extraneous vampires uh the prince of lies and Nostroyev you know um and I love this moment where he's like I was Rasputin's lover and I'm like if you gotta drop a name you're not that evil dude like Angelus doesn't have to drop a name because he's Angelus you want to be like I'm so evil I am so evil you haven't heard of me but I fucked Rasputin like I don't know. Like, and what really, what kind of lie? I mean, Spike is like, Angelus, Prince of Lies, Prince of Lies, Angelus. And I'm like, what? What? Like, that's, that's the name you picked? Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. They made no sense. No sense. You know, and then there's also like the coincidence of 
you know, of Spike happening to be, we've already talked about that, Spike happening to be on this boat, you know. And I mean, I like that Spike and Angelus were together in the old flashbacks makes sense because they ran around together. That's how they knew each other. But like for the, him to just show up randomly in this episode in this incredibly random space, it's just it's too much. It's so creaky, you know, in the story. And it's just like as much as I like Spike and I like having Spike around, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that kind of sucked. And then there's this whole like this guy Lawson. Mm-hmm. I don't care about you. Like, remember the episode in season one when uh, Jeremy Renner came back as a vampire and was like yes. killing people and Angel had to track him down because he was killing people and there was that whole thing. Well, first of all, we've already played the sired vamp, you know, from Angel's old days, although that was his Angelus days where he like trained this guy, you know. Um, but here we have this vampire that he sired and then just let go who has murdered just I don't even know how many people in the meantime because Angel just let him go. Um, so there's that responsibility of, mm-hmm. you know, basically lighting a cannon and just pointing it in a direction and thinking it's not your responsibility. You can just walk away, you know. Um, so that's weird. And also that, um, you know, here he is and he's just grabbing these people, you know, the, that matter. Like he happens to know which people in the building matter the most to Angel and then sending putting them like with this cord around their necks that'll behead them and then standing them on office chairs and like all of that. It feels like if you're a vampire, you leave a trail of dead bodies for Mm -hmm. him to find. Like if you know the people that matter to him, why? Okay. So I was thinking about this, right? Like Mm -hmm. how would I fix this story? Yes. Now, this would have ruined the show, but okay, this is what I would have done if I was Lawson and mm-hmm. I was an evil vampire and I was pissed off about sort of not having a soul. Mm-hmm. If I was going to break into Wolfman Heart and I was able to, you know, single-handedly round all those people up, I would turn each and every one of them into vampires and then yeah. all of us would go have a little chat with Angel and say, hey, baby, yeah. how you feeling now? Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's exactly what he would do. So none of it makes any sense. And he's coming to Angel. And there's this thing Angel says, you know, like Spike's like, what did he want? He's want a reason. He wanted answers. Right. Like, I don't, you know. And the thing is that if he's on like a suicide mission and he wants Angel to kill him, Mm -hmm. then Angel said he'd kill him the next time he saw him. But... I don't know. Like, all of it, like, the whole Lawson story, A, is not interesting. B, doesn't make any sense. You know, if he had turned Hodge, if it had been that little kid, you know, or something, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's all, like... It's all a big steaming pile of who cares, you know? Um, And then, you know, for research mode, it's this whole thing like sired by a vampire with a soul. This is the interesting question at the heart of this episode. Mm -hmm. What happens when a a vampire, you know, when a vampire with a soul sires another vampire? Like, you know, what happens? And um, this is something that I guess I guess it's not a spoiler because at this point, Buffy season seven has already finished up if you're watching Angel in season five. But, you know, we had Spike in season seven with his soul when he was under the control, you know, of the first. He actually did sire 
you know, a vampire or two, right? And we didn't get a sense that there was a change in them and who they were because of that. So we've kind of textually made it look like that's just a normal, that it's just a normal siren, that there's no particular effect that it has, you know, on the vampire that is sired. But this is a question that's interesting. You know, Mm -hmm. he said, you gave me just enough of your soul to be trapped between what I was and what I should be. Now, I'm not sure that souls work that way um, in this universe, Um, like that it would just that there would be a transfer of some of the soul as well as the demon during this siring process. Yeah. Um, So uh, none of it makes any sense. Did any of that? No, it it made no sense to me because I, I mean, what I felt like maybe he was like, look, I've done all this evil and I don't get satisfaction from it. Like, Mm -hmm. we know he's capable, you know, he's lining people up on desk chairs and putting wire around their necks. So, like, Mm -hmm. dude knows how to be evil. Um, Yeah. But, and Angel even asks him, he's like, oh, being an evil son of a bitch isn't keeping you busy? And Lawson Mm -hmm. says, you know, we all need a reason to live, even if we're dead. And I think that reason to live, like, what's motivating him, what's driving him, like, maybe that is missing Mm-hmm. So he just feels empty, but we don't see enough of him to understand what he's talking about. Like the idea right. is there, but they don't, they waste all this time with silly submarine antics and flashbacks and we don't get to the heart of what's going on with him. Right. And it, yeah, it so just it poses it an no interesting sense. question. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't do anything with it and it doesn't answer it. And it doesn't even really pose the question that well. No. Um, And yeah, and all of it is, it's just honestly, I think probably the most forgettable episode of Angel. And yet every time, and because it is so forgettable, every time I see the title, Why We Fight, I think, ooh, that's going to be a good one. Me too. Me too. Um, Because that philosophy is so great in Angel. And so on that, I'm going to brood. Why We Fight, while titled for one of the great philosophical questions of the show, is a meh episode where nothing really happens. There is no reason to watch this one. But if you must, well, I hope you like flashbacks. And with that, let's move (laughs) on to Angel Season 5, Episode 14, Smile Time. In Smile Time, a popular children's show is taken over by demon puppets who are draining the life force from their young viewers. Angel breaks into the set to investigate and gets turned into a puppet. That's right, our brooding Avenger, the dark and twisty, melancholy vampire champion with a soul is now a wee little puppet man, and it is one of the best things ever. His nose comes off, y'all. Angel's friends help him defeat the evil puppets and save the children, and Angel's experience being made of felt helps him get more in touch with his feelings. Smile Time aired on February 18th, 2004. It was directed by Ben Edlund and written by Joss Whedon and Ben Edlund with a teleplay by Ben Edlund. Um, All right. Dr. Jones, I feel like, you know how there are some episodes of Angel that you just wait for because you know when you get there, it's going to be worth the whole thing. Uh Like this episode of Angel is my like anchor episode. This is the episode (laughs) that I wait to get to. And when I get to it, I just delight in it. So I, I 
clearly already given away the game as far as where I land on the perfect happiness scale. But we're going to open this with you on the perfect happiness scale. Let's take this at zero and lost your soul at six. Where do you land with smile time? So it makes me very sad because I gave this a five. Um, mm-hmm. Because if, if there were there were two scenes, if I could just cut, I would yes. have given it a six. Mm-hmm. Even with Nina, I would have given it a six. Yeah. And I love mm-hmm. Puppet Angel so goddamn much. Um <laughs> And this is such a huge fan favorite. I mean, they even made the angel puppet toys. This episode won awards. I know we gotta find you one. Um, I want a Muppet Angel. You need a Muppet Angel. But the the child molestation analog is so horrific and also so so completely unnecessary. Unnecessary. Yes. Mm -hmm. That I just couldn't, and I had forgotten how bad that was. Um, Until I block it out. Every time too. and every time I watch the episode, I am surprised and yep. disgusted Me every too. single time. So I was like, oh, yeah. no, I can't do it. But I will not take away from your six, baby. You have at it. I still gave it a six. <laughs> <laughs> um, Because I just can't like that is I absolutely agree with you. It is terrible. And it's terrible enough to knock like serious points off. It makes me sick sick to my stomach every time those those two little scenes those parts are in there um but at the same time <laughs> love what you can't. love baby I, I i love the rest of this so much that i can't help myself and look we all know that i hate muppets and i know that people love to give me shit about hating flashbacks and hating muppets just deal with it it's fine um but i love the angel muppet so much it is my favorite thing ever um and maybe from the whole run of the show and i don't know why it just is and we finally get wesley and fred together and i know wesley is totally problematic but mama i love him and it's so fun to see a moment of happiness for these two Like, again, the only thing I really don't like are the sexual noises that the puppet makes when the kids touch the screen. That didn't need to happen. There's no reason for that to happen. And it's very, very disturbing. And I try not to think about it. But when I think about Angel's little nose coming off or like when he comes down the hallway with all of his fluff in his arms and Lauren picks him up and says, is there a Geppetto in the house? Like, I can't. I I can't. I love it so much. I love it. All right. So go ahead and give me your moments of perfect happiness, my darling. Well, I had tons and tons and tons of them. Like, yes, Mm because this is just great. So you jump in with all of yours, baby, because (laughs) I almost swapped us when I was like setting up the script. I was yep. like, I really should. It, I was scared I'd throw off like all the ordering of everything, but <laughs> um, but I do. I mean, Angel. Now, I I unlike you. I like the Muppets. Um, I love Kermit. Mm-hmm. I know how you feel about Kermit. Um, mm-hmm. but I love Angel the most. Like, yes, this is my favorite <laughs> Muppet. And and I have a bunch of stuff related to Nina in Stake This, but when she. Wesley asks him about how she responded to Nina's breakfast invitation. Mm -hmm. And Angel says, I ignored it completely, changed the subject, and locked her in a cage. Oh, my God. (laughs) Delights me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care about Nina at all, but that's pretty cute. It was such a cute line. And and then... You know, he goes to smile time. I feel like the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of this, they just just cut it. I don't even care. Just show yeah. him sneaking mm-hmm. on set and tell us why he's there later. All because right. he comes up from that pile of boxes as a puppet. 
(laughs) (laughs) There is no way this should work on this show. I know. And it's so great. And then he's like hiding, you know, or he's down low under his desk. And Fred comes in with like her notes about smile time. And she says, it it may not be mystical after all. And Angel says, believe me, it's mystical. And and when she gets a look at him and she says, you're so cute. And Angel says, you're fired. (laughs) Well, I love it, though, because I mean, the thing that one of the essential qualities of Muppets is that, you know, they're everything is dialed up to 11, all of their emotions, all of their experiences, everything on the Muppets is like, so in your face, which is part of the reason why they drive me crazy, because it's really, really annoying. Um, But I love that they acknowledge that 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 is actually part of what they're deliberately doing within this episode is talking about how freaking annoying that is. And I felt the really... transformation may have altered your stress response mechanism. He's saying that you have the proportionate excitability of a puppet your size. <laughs> Angel comes back from that and he's like, mm-hmm. put the special ops team on red alert. I want helicopters and tear gas. This is right. war. <laughs> oh. Like, oh my God. And oh. he has this one line that I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, this is actually not funny. Like, Yes. It's not funny. And and the week that we watched this, like I actually had to go in for a biopsy and I was waiting on results that could oh, have been yeah. really scary. But mm-hmm. this line still made me laugh. And so I was like, all right, if it still <laughs> makes me laugh in that context, then God damn it, it's just funny. But when they're all trying to figure out what happened, <laughs> somebody says this and Angel goes back and just yells, I do not have puppet cancer. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not funny, but it makes me laugh every time I watch it. I know. I don't know I what's know. wrong with me. And then Nothing Lorne, is wrong with you. You know, mm-hmm. Lorne is so great. So, like, in the the southern version of trying to calm down a hysterical person or yeah. just be charming in general or whatever, you know, you have mm-hmm. sugar, baby, honey, <laughs> darling. And <laughs> Lorne has got angel, baby, muppet, pumpkin. <laughs> Oh, God, I love Lauren. <laughs> it delights me. And then I think, like, Angel, because he's having a hard time with his feelings about dating, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is really the best reason for ghosting. Because yes, Nina's, right. you know, Nina's trying to figure out what's going on with him. And he's like, I was turned into a puppet last night. <laughs> she says, are you okay? And he says, I made a felt. And my nose comes off. <laughs> the cutest damn thing ever. Ever. Oh, my God. I know. And then when Nina freaking attacks him and he's yelling and he's like, bad, Nina, bad. Nina. Oh. And then he stumbles out to Lauren and he's all, oh, his little stuff that's falling out. Oh, God. It's just so funny. And him sewing so himself great. up. Stupid yeah. fingers. Stupid string. Fred comes in and tells him like she has a plan and he just takes off and wraps his arms around her knees and he's like I love you guys and oh god it's so great and then the you know when they they've got their plan and Angel's like let's take out some Muppets and then we get like the best gif and like I know there's a (laughs) I know there's a term for this in television but I don't know what it is so I'm going to give it to you to tell us 
because that gift, like Angel, you know, there's the team. Oh, the walk. No, I've then- been trying to figure out what that term is. I actually like what you have, the warrior team walk, oh, right? Okay. I think that that's really good. Okay. No, because because you see that this is an angel thing and they may actually have a name for it. If anybody knows like what the team at Angel called that, because we have that shot, you know, of like the ass kick march, you know, mm-hmm. when they're just walking down the hallway and they're ready to, to take name. But I like the warrior walk. I oh. think that that's really good. Um, so I think that like the um, that gif where they're all walking behind him and then he's got the sword over his shoulder and they're just stomping down the hallway is honestly one of my favorite things. And every time I'm sad <laughs> or something has pissed me off, if I can look at Muppet Angel leading his team of warriors down the hallway at Wolferman Heart, my heart will lighten a little bit. <laughs> And the sword is bigger than he is. I know it's, <laughs> and so, it's cute. so great. And then it's so cute. And I don't know. Again, this makes no sense, and it should not work, but it just mm-hmm. works. My yeah. favorite fight scene in all of Angel is the goddamn puppets. <laughs> like <laughs> when it is. It is. It's the best the fight best scene ever. Fight. And when Polo like is fighting mm-hmm. Angel, and he's like, "I'm gonna tear you a new puppet hole, bitch." <laughs> but i think the best the best is polo realizes what he's up against and he says you've got a little demon in you and angel says i've got a lot of demon in me and then oh my god we get vampire puppet angel with little puppet fangs and like it's just so fucking cute (laughs) Yes, the puppet fangs are my favorite. And I think that the puppet that they have, the angel puppet that they made, is actually vampire angel puppet. Aww. And I love I love the puppet with the little, like, after Nina attacks him with the little scars across the forehead. Yes. It's just so incredibly cute. I love it. It's so cute. It's so cute. But mm-hmm. but my favorite, like, my absolute favorite, you know, that gif that you were talking about with the sword, how it will cheer you yes. up? Yes. Mm-hmm. This This one little scene will do that for me. Mm-hmm. But I have to have the audio. Spike. Look at you. Just turn around and walk away. You're a... Spike! You're a bloody puppet! <laughs> <laughs> You're a wee little puppet, man. Because uh-huh. James Marsters. <laughs> it's, and it's not even Spike. Like, this is Marsters. When he is... <laughs> All right, I'll grab the audio and put it in oh as a clip. Oh, God, you can do I that? I will grab the audio. You have magic yeah. powers. I do it and it's still pretty all the time. I just don't do it for Angel because Angel's not oh, always pretty God. good. Well, him, there's two of them. Him, you know, his his just absolute delight. And he goes, yeah. you're a bloody <laughs> puppet. You're a wee little puppet, man. But his laughter... When Angel attacks him, is so he is that is not Spike laughing. That is James Marsters laughing. I am and, sure. And oh my god, it's adorable. Looks so real, mm-hmm. and it is like yeah. that single that little interchange between them, and then Angel just attacking him. And J- James Marsters said he had to do a whole bunch of takes because he kept laughing too much. <laughs> Oh, who could possibly, possibly blame right? him? I mean, my God, it's just adorable. It is so freaking it's cute. So yeah, and it's it's delightful. Cute. I love Spike so damn much. Um, and some of the other puppet demons, too. Like, when Polo yeah. pours whiskey into that coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
But my favorite puppet was the dog because, you know, yeah, he's evil or whatever, but he really cares about the quality of the show. And I know, I love that. <laughs> he says, I've been working on this great new song about the difference between analogy and metaphor. And Polo's like, we eat babies' lives. And the dog is, <laughs> says, and uphold a certain quality of edutainment. <laughs> I love it so much. It really is. It's so fantastic. It's so good. And I like what we're seeing from Gunn's kind of downward slide. You know, he filed the wrong motion. Yeah. He couldn't mm-hmm. argue with Framkin. He kept losing his train of thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the, you know, evil doctor. Um, and then, uh, you know, now I, I, I couldn't figure out how to split this between delight and staking. So I'm going to stake within yeah. my delight. But okay. the, the doctor says, you know, the imprint is fading. The neural path modification is almost completely reverted. And first of all, I'm like, oh, tell me more. Like, keep using those words because... <laughs> You know, I like it. Um, right. But then he mm-hmm. says, acute flowers for Algernon syndrome. And I was like, okay, stop. No. Yeah. Gun was fucking smart before this implant. It is not yep. the same thing as that story. And it pissed me off to mm-hmm. no end. Um, yeah. So I was, I just, I had to stake in the middle of, of being happy. Yeah. Um, but he said, you know, you were given that upgrade because the senior partners wanted you to have it. If you're losing it, well, they wanted that too. And Gunn mm-hmm. is like, I'm not losing this. I'm not going back to who I was. And the doctor's like, well, sign this to get this ancient thing out of customs for me. And Gunn mm-hmm. sets off a bunch of stuff that is going to happen, you know, that we're going to watch happen yeah. later. Um, but And then he comes back in full glory, you know. Yeah. Every contract signed with a lower price. Sorry. Every contract signed with a lower plane is filed with a demonic library of Congress. You just have to know where to look. And I'm like, tell mm-hmm. me more about <laughs> the demonic but library of Congress. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I'm sure that would absolutely, absolutely get you going. Um, but here's the thing about this, though, right? Okay. Wolferman Hart has a building full of lawyers, right? Why does it have to be gun? that signs for this thing and they they gave him the upgrade so that they could gradually let it decline so that they would have him you know in their sights that he would do something that only he could do so they can upgrade somebody's neural pathways so that they can instantly become you know a lawyer and have all of this information but they can't get a curio out of customs customs? (laughs) like well i think if it I think it was more of, if it wasn't that situation, it would have been another one. Like something, yeah. something would right, have Right, it would happened. have been something, but something that they absolutely need, that he has to do, that it has to be his fingerprint that does it. Like that they got him to do that is fine. Is it because they specifically want him to be responsible for the things that happen later i don't know i don't know i don't know but it's i don't know it's a weird thing. yeah but it's just mm-hmm. interesting that you have you yeah. know i like it when they're laying story track even when yeah. it's in the middle mm-hmm. of just this crazy puppet you know i thing. know and, and <laughs> i had to put david fury uh-huh. um and and joss whedon even though my relationship with joss is complicated um yeah i especially mm-hmm. had to put david fury here because um, you know, Mr. Framkin is played by David Fury, and he mm-hmm. was also the Mustard Man in the Buffy yes. musical Once More With Feeling. And mm-hmm. I love the Mustard mm-hmm. Man. 
And (laughs) Fury said that they had wanted to make an evil Sesame Street Street episode of Angel for a while. And then Joss had the idea of turning Angel into a Muppet. And for that, (laughs) for that, I had to put Joss Mm -hmm. Whedon in my um, Moments of Perfect Happiness. But what I didn't know was that uh, Joss Whedon's father, Tom Whedon, wrote for the Muppets. And Mm -hmm. several puppeteers from the Jim Henson company worked on this episode. Oh, so I thought that was really great. And the little girl at the end who's like, Mm -hmm. you know, dying to like putting her hand up to the yeah, it's the little girl Mm -hmm. who played uh, Xander and Anya's daughter in that Hell's Bells. Oh, in the flash forward Mm -hmm. in Hell's Bells. Wow. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. How interesting. And and I love the the Framkin Lorne fight, you know? Yes. And (laughs) Framkin says... We have a little sm- a little song here at Small Time that reminds me of your courage and pluck. It's called Courage and Pluck. <laughs> and, and then Gunn yells at him, you know, you turned my boss into a freaking puppet. And Framkin just says, I disagree. And like, I know. <laughs> so great. Oh, my God. It, it is so, so great. great. But it's so, it's so gross, though, with the puppet. Oh, I know. Okay, That's we'll terrible. Talk about that in a little That's bit. terrible. You should not, <laughs> you should not do that. But, but oh, God, David Fury yeah. was adorable in this episode. Yeah, he was. He really was. And then we get Fred and Wesley. And, and I was glad, like, at first I was getting annoyed. I was like, Wesley, come on. She's into I you. Know. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um. And I and I really like it when she kisses him and she's like, you know, mm-hmm. that was a signal. Yeah. Is that clear enough for you? And then Wesley, in a way only Wesley could do, says, not mm-hmm. even close. And then he kisses Aww. her, and I'm sorry, I'm completely and totally in love. Um I know. I love them so much. And even though I know Wesley's a real problem, and he is a real <laughs> problem, and I acknowledge that. Yeah. I love it. But I like them best when they're watching all the episodes of Smile Time. Because they're so I know, cute. It's so cute. And, and Fred's like, I'm really starting to like this show. And Wesley's like, me too. <laughs> and and they went, like, they did such a good job. Like, all of the uh-huh. songs and the little music. And yeah. The, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of math in everything. I'm like, that would be a great Sesame oh, Street I song. Know, I really would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so, God. It is so great. So do you have any favorites or moments of perfect happiness that I skipped? Before we start, oh god, no! I think you, I think you hit all. I had a gazillion million. Um, (laughs) But you know, I mean, how do you just stake child molestation? Like you can't just stake it. But it's so gross. You know, get over here and touch it. And it's not necessary. That's the thing. That's the thing that makes it even worse. Is that like in Untouched, right? You know, we dealt with Bethany's history of abuse. Mm -hmm. Right. But it was central to the narrative. It was what that narrative was about. And the thing is, you don't have to do this. He doesn't have to make those sexual noises with these kids. And that's a very sensitive and very triggering thing for people to see. Um, you know, people who have experienced child abuse like that, people who have, you know, been around it or whatever. Like, I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly triggering. It's incredibly triggering for me. And I wasn't sexually abused as a child. Like, I just, I don't know. It's so horrible. It's so disturbing and upsetting. And it really does like take away from the enjoyment of the overall episode because it's you know because there's just that sense of ick yeah you know know. with it it's just well that was what was so bad about it was because it was Mm -hmm. 
completely unnecessary. Like, it was just so gross. And there was no reason for it. You know, they didn't need any of that in this episode. So Yeah, so pulling that in when you're going to talk about it. Like, this thing, this is the thing I talk about in, in narrative with, like, earning whatever it is that you do. Right. You know, if you're going to talk about child molestation then you need to talk about it like they did in Untouched right. you know if you're going to talk about you know racism if you're going to talk about misogyny like in Billy you yep. know um, like then you have to earn it by actually dealing with it it's it's one of these things where like you don't get to throw that in just because it's shocking and awful because you really are if you're gonna you know if you're gonna like trigger you know, this experience. And the, and the thing also that makes me mad is that it can be so much of a trigger. And it's right at the beginning that I wouldn't blame anybody for turning it off yeah. and not watching the rest yeah, of it. Well, in this and they're going to miss out yeah. on amazing stuff because they put that bullshit in there and didn't earn it. Well, when I started it this time, it was just like a really bad day. And yeah. I thought, smile time. Yeah. And I started it and I was like, yeah. oh, fuck this. Uh-uh. I forgot yeah. how bad that was. I don't blame anybody yeah. who stopped right there and didn't watch the rest of the episode. Yeah. I don't blame anybody who did. And it's so sad because it's such a great I know. episode. And it just, I'm just like, why, why, why would you do that? Yeah. It's just terrible. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's. I kind of wish we'd warn people to skip the first, you know, couple of minutes. I know. Like start because here. Because you can get everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can get everything after the opening credits. Yeah. You yeah, know, you and just then just not. That. You know, um, just don't watch it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, oh, God, it's just terrible. But um, but then a smaller stake was, like, the way they're treating Nina and, and like, mm -hmm. Nina's role just to be the girl that's making Angel nervous. Like, first of all, yes. I forgot Nina was in this episode. Second of all, I just don't care. Um, except I forgot Nina was in the season. Yeah. I was like, who is this chick? Why do yeah. we care? We don't. Except she mm -hmm. eats Puppet Angel, and that's pretty great. But... That is pretty they, great. <laughs> they can't put a curtain around this woman's cage. That's what I was thinking. Right? I was like, come on, you know, and there's like cameras down in the cage, too. Yeah. You know, it's not it's, okay. It's so bad. And then, you know, yeah. when Wes and Angel are talking about this and Angel's like, mm -hmm. I'm not that guy. And Wes is like, get over it. Angel's like, why are you right. yelling at me? I'm like, Angel, just have an orgasm already and be done with it. Like, I just right. don't care. Um, and he has. He slept with Darla. Yeah. Like, he knows he can have sex, it's, it's, you know? Oh, it's, I'm just so, I'm like, oh, God. Like, please, yeah. just, yes, the werewolf and the puppet, I, I'm much more interested mm -hmm. in than Angel yes, and Nina. exactly. Uh, and even Lorne, you know, he's like, Nina definitely mm -hmm. wants a piece of angel cake. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. Angel, I mean, Nina wants a right. raw steak and, like, a curtain. <laughs> That's what Nina wants. You know? Maybe maybe right. like a mattress. I don't know. Something. Ugh. Yeah. It's just annoying. Maybe like a mattress. Maybe we don't have her. And I'm like, okay, well, when she's a werewolf, she's going to destroy anything that's down there in the room. But like even just some hay. Like when Oz was in the cave in season four at the university and they kept him in that little like cage in the cave there, you know, he had like a, he had like hay. Yeah. He had like something to sleep on. Like you could have done something. Something. You know, for her. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, give her, like, things to tear up. I mean, you give a... Some raw steak. Yeah, give something. Her a, you know. I don't know. Yeah. And give her a side of beef to work on all night. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, okay, and granted, they probably could not say this line on television. And I'm probably mm -hmm. being crass for what I'm about to say <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I don't cuss. I pronounce... Uh, blah, 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 never mind. 
I am I am far from a southern lady, so I just have to do it because this is the perfect line that should have been in this episode. <laughs> so, you know, when Angel finally is getting over himself and he's, you know, decided mm-hmm. he's going to ask Nina out and he's like, what are you doing for breakfast? And Nina says, what do puppets eat? And Angel says, let's find out. And I'm like, oh, please. The only acceptable answer to that question is pussy. Like, come on. (laughs) Why? Why? Did they miss that? Like, well, I'm, you know what? I am absolutely certain, absolutely certain that was the original intent <laughs> and that they probably had to take it out because of standards and practices. But because of the way that that was set up, uh, yeah. Right. I'm, I am certain that was, I, I would bet so much money if we could get somebody who was in the writer's room when they were talking about this. Somebody said that. Yeah. Somebody said that and they just didn't do it. Well, it made me laugh (laughs) even though it wasn't in there Mm -hmm. because whatever. Um, Yeah. And then also I just have to stake Knox because every second he's in this episode is annoying and I just want him to go far, far away. And then Mm -hmm. finally, that damn self-esteem song is stuck in my head. I know. I know. You just mentioned it and it's (laughs) there now. It's in my head now and I can't get away from it. It was in my head for days after originally watching this episode. Yeah, I can't. I was singing it for like two days. I was singing it in the car and I was like, oh my God. It's always there. Stop. Oh my God. But (laughs) I understand that you have a Muppet rant. And so I do. I do. I'm, I'm going to hand yeah. the steak and the mic to you. Okay, just for a little bit. Now, for people who like my rants, you might enjoy this. There are some people who get really upset when I say how I hate Muppets, right? And I realize that I have never actually explained why I hate Muppets. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. Now, for some people, because Muppets are an essential part of their childhood, uh, get really, really upset when I talk about hating Muppets. So go ahead, skip ahead. I don't know, maybe like four minutes, maybe. (laughs) And that's probably about how long this will take me. Um, And for everybody else, you know, like this is my explanation of why I hate Muppets. Muppets. And, you know, the thing is that I like in this episode that we are textually acknowledging that Muppets are clearly evil. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, And I'm going to say most of what I'm talking about comes from the Muppet show and some of the Sesame Street from my childhood. Um, So things may have changed since then. I haven't watched it because of this bullshit. So exhibit A is Kermit. I actually like Kermit Okay, his energy is a bit lower than the typical Muppet. And while I'm sorry that he's like depressed all the time, I think that it's good for kids to have a sense that you can be sad and it's okay. So that's fine. But he's also kind of an asshole. Like he's always smarter than everybody else. And he talks down to Miss Piggy all the time. And let's go ahead and move on and talk a little bit about Miss Piggy. Um, So for a very long fucking time, the only major feminine representation among the Muppets was Miss Piggy, a fat diva who constantly chased after a goddamn frog who had no better options and yet still constantly rejected her. And I mean, yeah, sure, they had an on again, off again thing, but he never valued her. He never chased her. He never seemed to even want her. He was her ride or fucking die. And she was his empty goddamn musical chair. And you know what that and you know what that tells young women about extra pounds or self-confidence that you will never be fucking loved even by a goddamn depressed ass frog and your belief in yourself is essentially delusional. Now, her righteous anger at this was depicted as a joke. The woman just getting over emotional again and who could possibly understand her anger was never taken seriously. It was never respected. And no, 
Miss Piggy should not result to physical violence the way that she does all the time. Um, and that's on her. But her anger is real and justified. And her constantly beating the shit out of everyone and making that into a joke shows that this idea that women can hit men and it's funny and not abuse is fucking instilled in childhood. She beats the hell out of everybody. She needs anger management, right? But there's a reason why she's angry and somebody should actually fucking address that. All right. Exhibit C. Cookie Monster. All right. The one thing he loves most in the world is what? Cookies. But have you ever actually like watched him eat one? No, you haven't. Because the cookie gets crunched up in his mouth and immediately falls out untasted because dude has no esophagus. So the one (laughs) motivation in Cookie Monster's sad, sad life is eating cookies he cannot fucking taste or swallow. It is just a constant Sisyphusian hellscape of empty obtainment. Sure, he can get cookies, but he can't ever have cookies. Okay, exhibit D. Big Bird and Snuffleupagus. After decades of gaslighting Big Bird into thinking that this very real giant fucking talking anteater that he and only he has been seeing for years isn't fucking real, they finally come out and they're like, oh yeah, Snuff's real, totally fine, NBD, right? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? You toyed with Big Bird's sense of goddamn reality for decades and now you're like, no big deal? Big Bird may show up for work and do the job because he's a goddamn professional, but at night he's curled up in the corner of a dark room weeping into his pillow and wondering if that pillow is even fucking real. All right, and my final argument, Muppets are constantly screaming and running around in a state of extreme agitation over every fucking thing. They still won't acknowledge that Bert and Ernie are clearly fucking gay, which hints that they still think it's not okay to be gay and fuck that. And the Swedish goddamn chef has human fucking hands. All right, that shit is not right. All that said, I do like Statler and Waldorf, the cranky guys in the balcony. Uh, The Menomina thing, I like that, you know. And Animal, because Animal knows that this shit is not okay and is clearly filled with righteous Muppet rage about it all. That is my argument for why the Muppets are the goddamn worst. Oh, baby. You need a drink. (laughs) And that reminds me, Lonnie. Yes. This episode of Still a Dad is brought to you by MuppetsAndMayhemMoonshine.com. If you're looking for a more generous pour of 200 proof, look no further than Muppets and Mayhem Moonshine. Guaranteed to alter your stress response mechanism and give you the proportion and excitability of a puppet your size, Muppets and Mayhem Moonshine will make you feel like you've been made of felt and torn apart by a werewolf. <laughs> Drink enough and your nose might just come off. (laughs) (laughs) For the full list of risks and side effects, contact the Demonic Library of Congress. (laughs) Go to MuppetsMayhemMoonshine.com and use the code BELIEVEMEITSMYSTICAL to get your (laughs) discount today. Or instead, you could take the $3 you might spend on MuppetsMayhemMoonshine.com and give it directly to Chipperish Media so we can keep making the great podcast and puppets you love. Go to (laughs) Patreon.com slash Chipperish to find out more. And cheers, y'all. Oh, my God. I love these so much when you do them. (laughs) Freaking adorable. I have so much fun. I'm like, but the thing is, when I get done, I'm like, I would fucking buy that. I would. I know. I keep wanting these things to be real. Somebody brought me Muppet Mayhem Moonshine. I'd drink yeah. it. I would be into it. I would totally be into it. Okay. So I did have a couple of research questions. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them are just unanswered smile time questions. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So when Angel breaks in the set, how did he know to move that filing cabinet? 
to find yeah. the hidden cave behind it. Who is the dude sitting there with a towel over his head? Who never shows up again and has absolutely no narrative purpose? Yes, what is that? What? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And why did the nest egg turn Angel into a puppet? Okay, my guess is that that's how the the, the demons found a transformative thing or whatever. And so that's how the demons made themselves into puppets is my guess. Is my guess that that's the, the method by which they became puppets. And then I guess they had to have a puppeteer there fueling it or something. Like I maybe guess. the guy who creates the puppets. I don't know. I don't know. And he's just taking know. his break with his towel over his head. And he's like, just what? there with a the towel over his head. Over his yeah, head. I, I do don't not know. understand. And mm-hmm. then when they destroy the nest egg and they kill the evil puppets, Angel still stuck as a puppet for two to three more days. Like, why? Why? Right. Why? Right. I don't know. Because they wanted to have him leaving with Nina so Nina could say, well, what do puppets eat? That's, <laughs> that's why. I guess. Um, and I can let all that go. But yeah. we have this ongoing problem with Lorne's powers. Yeah. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And when they're all there in the office at Smile Time, Franken sang for Lorne. He yeah. sang Courage and Pluck. Courage and Pluck. pluck. Courage and Pluck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so why didn't Lauren see that he was being puppeteered by demons like right well because and this is the thing is that we're doing this thing with Lauren's powers like with Gunn like when Gunn loses his abilities right Mm -hmm. we know that that's part of the textual story that we're telling Lauren it's just huh you know narratively inconvenient so we're just gonna have his powers not work and not give him a story to go along with that and yeah it drives me crazy or i think some of the writers just forget that he can read people when they sing Mm -hmm. i don't know but anyway i don't know but mostly it was super fun and on that i will brood uh smile time is a watcher because you cannot watch this show and not see muppet (laughs) angel this episode is the source of the best hero team walk gif ever and we see Fred and Wesley get together, finally, and more of the dirty deal that Gunn made with the evil doctor, the consequences of which will echo through the rest of season five. I love it. I love it. All right. So, Dr. Jones, what is making you still thirsty this week? Oh, God, Wes. Not even close. <laughs> right. Not even close. And then he ca- oh, it's such a good line. It's And it was a good kiss, but it was such a good line. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, my God. It's so good. All right. It. So what's your favorite part? Oh, God, Spike, you're a bloody puppet. You're a wee little puppet man. <laughs> <laughs> and then that fight scene. I can oh listen God, to James so Marshall's laugh like that all day long. I know. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. And Spike doesn't laugh very often. Every now and again, he will scoff or maybe mm-hmm. chuckle, you know, but yeah. he doesn't laugh. laugh. He's never that, delighted like that. That was the equivalent of the Spike baby belly laugh. Like, yes. that was just the oh best, my God. It's so the best great. laugh. It's so great. What about you? What's your favorite part? Oh, God, the, the ass kicking walk, you know, uh-huh. the, the ass kickers, <laughs> ass kickers promenade down the hallway with the uh, Muppet <laughs> Angel. <laughs> the ass kickers promenade. Oh, my God. I love you so much. <sighs> I got to find out what they call that. They must have had a name for it. But I mean, yeah, it's just it's so great with Muppet Angel in the foreground and the little sword over his little shoulders. <laughs> All 
right to join in the discussion on Twitter. Follow me at Lonnie Diane Rich and Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag still dead. Still dead and everything Chipperish Media Producers is made free and ad-free by the generous patrons who support us to the tune of a dollar a month or more and make it possible for us to find a Geppetto in the house. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. This episode of Still Dead was brought to you by the Chipperish Media Producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Dead is coming to you free and ad-free right now. So thank you to our December producers. Shelly, Abigail, Kristen, Noel, Jonathan, Alyssa, Alice, Erica, Sarah, Kevin, and Heather. And this week's special message for our power producers, you have the proportionate excitability of a puppet your size. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out how you too can become a Still Dead producer. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or try to get Wesley to pick up on a damn clue. We will be back next time with season five, episodes 15 and 16, A Hole in the World and Shells, both of which are watchers designed to rip our hearts into (laughs) tiny, tiny tatters. Until then, put the special ops team on red alert. I want helicopters and tear gas. This is war. Ah!